Hi, welcome to the podcast. Um, I'm Sophie. I'm Catherine. And I am Fintan. And today we're going to be talking aliens on screen. And we're also going to be talking about Catherine and Fintan's um, Lumi event that they've got planned. So if you guys want to take it away, I'm not going to um, steal the spotlight. Well, uh, our event is kind of about astrobiology and like aliens on screen. Um, it's called Possible Worlds. And it's on the 25th of February at 6pm. Yep. I have it in my diary. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and it's just kind of going to be looking at like various different kind of like parts of space. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and then we're going to be showing a trip to the moon and arrival, but like we're also going to have an academic talk by a Queen's professor and we're also going to have W5 bringing in some some cool stuff. There's a lot of yeah. planning that's went into it, I remember. So much planning. Yeah, because we were all Lumi programmers and it was, I think it was the second week we yeah, started kind of brainstorming yeah. and you came up with this idea, but like, mm-hmm. where did it come from? Because I heard it and I was like, that is so um, well thought well, out. I mean, it was your idea and I jumped on um, the bandwagon. Yeah, <laughs> really, you kind of helped like actually make it a concrete idea. I kind of, we were doing like a brainstorming event for like possible yeah. uh, events we could put on and like ways we can be involved in the QFT and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of thought like, well, I mean, I grew up on aliens, I grew up on sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the one part of like the one, I guess, genre or like subgenre that like I feel like I know and I'm good at. Yeah. So I was like, why don't I just run an event for it? Um, and then the world and then yeah, I just kind of went to like the team uh, and went, hi, can I run this event? Can yeah. I like put something like this on? Mm-hmm. Um, and I had just read the book Introduction to Astrobiology. Could it's not be page. This is so bad. I'm not going to mention where I used to work just because, like, <laughs> just in case they end up hearing this. Probably not, but like, um, I used to work at a coffee shop oh, okay. and nobody would come. So I just spent the entire time either knitting or reading. Love that. I've had a very similar yeah. job. <laughs> so I was like, so all I used to do, I used to do Saturday mornings and then like a whole of Sunday. Mm-hmm. I used to just and I'm not Nothing really else. into like fiction, I'm into non-fiction, so yeah, I just kind of started just buying cheap books from Waterstones and one of the books was mm-hmm. an introduction to astrobiology and I was like, this is pretty fucking cool. That's like, very cool, yeah. Can I swear on this? So, yeah, no you okay, can. Good. I have I, a thing. <laughs> um, you like slide it across if it's... Okay, good. I thought you meant like a swear Sorry. jar. Yeah, yeah you're um, going to be owing me a lot of money. <laughs> um, yeah, so I went, can I just... Put this on, um, and then the word, the term possible worlds came from somebody who is planning it with. Mm-hmm. It's very cool. Yeah, um, it's based yeah. on an album. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, which she she was into when we came up with the idea, and then I was like, cool. It's it's I'm perfect. Yeah. it now. Yeah. Um, with and some permission. The fact you got W five as well. So, yeah. Very yeah, exciting. That was actually your idea. Yeah, no, I um, have uh, some association with them and I thought that it would be a cool idea since they do lots of live science shows so yeah. in the space mm-hmm. to get them in to do a couple of different things yeah. and um, they, of course, were organising this sort of for the NI Science Festival yeah. and they yeah. do a lot of their own stuff with it so that's where a lot of the organisation kind of stalled for a wee minute because it was like, oh, we would love to do that but also 
here's all the other stuff we have to do, let me get back to you. And we did finally end up sort of getting something organized with them and the the education team there who host all of the live shows. It's very sort of like Blue Peter, Steve Irwin kind of like four kids live shows kind of stuff. They're all brilliant and their outreach that they do is really great as well. So I think that they're going to have a really fun sort of additional element to bring to what yeah. we're doing with the films um, and then the films kind of speak for themselves as well because it's it, I think that they're both kind of brilliant in very different ways yeah. like you've got Trip to the Moon the George Melier film um, and as our pre-podcast discussion revealed I'm into weird things yeah. um, <laughs> I think we've all kind of exposed yeah, ourselves including like silent movies from 1895 um, about you know someone shooting a rocket into the moon's face yeah. And um, it's a very weird film to try and pitch to people to be like, this is genuinely great. It's the um, first. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And I normally lead with like, it's really short. So <laughs> yeah, okay. you can you can watch it and it's public domain. You can just see it for free online. Like it's, yeah. But it's just a really intriguing look into how cinema and sci-fi cinema started because it really is like the first ever sci-fi film yeah. and even in that first ever film you already have representations of life in space mm-hmm. yeah. in 1895 which is just insane yes. I mean like and it, like, it's it's not as sophisticated as the other film we're showing Arrival because yeah. you know in that film the moon's alive and it has a face and he's yeah. so he's a really annoyed dude when he gets shot <laughs> in the face and then Arrival is this sort of like time bending mm. really like sort of almost esoteric but also really philosophical take on like what would happen if we met an alien race who completely saw the universe in an entirely different way from us and how would that change our perceptions Mm -hmm. so i just think it's a really interesting look at one of like the oldest film traditions that is still really strong today yeah i know i've kind of been holding off watching arrival it's been on my Mm -hmm. watch list for so long but as soon as you pitched it i was like i'll wait i'll hold off because i study linguistics so like the whole premise of it is just so interesting to me yeah. and I'm like, I could be Amy Adams in this movie. You're gonna yeah. love her character, yeah. she is, and she kills it, and so, so does Jeremy Renner. Like the, He's great as well. The, yeah, um, it's really a shame he got hit by that tractor or whatever happened, but I think I've he's okay. I've been seeing his social medias and it's breaking my heart. Yeah. It's so sad. I hope he's okay. Oh, I hope so too, because he needs to do more stuff like Arrival, because he's just, mm-hmm. he, like, the power of them as like a central duo in the film, there's such a brilliant back and forth and it really fleshes out all of the complicated concepts that they're working with because mm-hmm. they're yeah. just both so relatable as human beings while you're watching it and yeah. I, I think it's, it's one of Amy Adams' best performances I think that she's really mm-hmm. just fantastic in it in just such a subtle like heartfelt way yeah. I just it, it's a brilliant film um, and uh, Denis Villeneuve <coughs> who made it has been basically on a real sci-fi kick since then because he made the awesome Blade Runner um, sequel. Okay. And the then 2049? He, yeah, 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 and then he also made June, which I haven't seen because, oh, really? yeah, it's oh. like three and a half hours long. Oh, or something. I yeah. saw it in the cinema. It's really I good. It. It, was, it was very long. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's one of those unfilmable books that I mean, that's what we were talking about earlier. really trying yeah. super hard to film. And then the second one's coming out this yeah. year. Yeah, he's gonna be making that for the rest yeah. of his life probably. Yeah. But yeah, there's, there's a lot so many June books. Like if if he wants to do a sequel, that is heavy. Oh yeah, gonna take a while. A lot to get through. But yeah, I was thinking about like aliens aliens on screen, like the kind of thing we were talking about. And I feel like it's such a wide I was trying to define an alien because I was going through all these sci-fi films I've watched, like um like Carpenter's films, They Live, The Thing recent nope jordan peele and i was like what defines an alien 
on screen? That is a good question. It's it's straight like what do you what do you use when you think alien movie other than alien? Yeah. What what do you what it's do you kind think of, of? Yeah. It's a hard one to define because like is it anything that's like extraterrestrial, like anything that's outside the world? Because mm-hmm. like E.T. has an alien in it, but yeah. it's more like it's a story about friendship, and I yeah. don't actually like it very much. Yeah, it's not invading. Uh, really. It's it's there, it, there can be so many weird definitions to it. Like, is the Iron Giant a uh, alien film because he comes from because he's a robot? Yeah, so, I count it. I would put uh, it as it, it's a weird line. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. There's also a very weird line as like as I was looking through this, I realized like oh my, so many of these things are like Cold War propaganda. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. It's very interesting to sort of. Well, recently, I didn't see it as a kid growing up. It's on Netflix. Yeah, I think at the minute, it. I don't. It'll be taken off next week. Yeah. Not that I've said that, but I, I did see it as a kid growing up, yeah. and it, had, it was one of those films that had a huge impact on me. It's really emotional. Um, yeah. Everybody says really that. Is. Everybody watched it as a kid was like, yeah, it was like, like, my um. Shattered their world as a kid. It is. It is a really emotional one, but it's so interesting seeing that, like even a film that is directed towards primarily like children or like you know adults with kids, and seeing that so many of the themes from alien films throughout the last like hundred or more years mm-hmm. are reflected in it, because yeah. so many of the alien films are meant to represent this kind of like other, whatever that might be. Yeah, yeah. Like it was a huge thing in the fifties. For the other to be like you know I'm communism right. in American films like the original the thing from the other world which um, John Carpenter's the thing was based on was yeah. this like anti-communist propaganda uh, same with like um, the original body snatchers yeah invasion the of the body snatchers I think yeah. they came out like a couple of years like fifty one or fifty three I think yeah I think it was because like oh I can say fifty one and fifty six close <laughs> no, I think that's so interesting because like when I consider aliens I consider like Star Trek onwards. Yeah, and like Star Trek was made like, um, oh, I don't remember if it was made a couple of years before or a couple of years after. I should know that. After um, like the first big space flight, Apollo 11. That's so bad, I should know that. And like the one in 1969. <laughs> um, and I always, like, I grew up in stuff like Star Trek, I grew up in The X Files, I grew up in Doctor Who. Like, I grew up on the concept of. Like, I grew up on alien films, alien, like, TV shows. Mm-hmm. And to me, like, the concept of other isn't, like, scary. It's, like, curious. It, like, yeah, it's more of a curious. Yeah. It's more of a, like, a... Um, less of, like, an, oh, my God, there's an other out there and, like, it's going to get you. Yeah, and more it's like of a like a, Yeah, more of, like, a, there's an other out there, like, it's cool, go out and find it. Mm-hmm. I think maybe that there was like a transition at some stage yeah. to like, because in the 50s it was very like, it's gonna get you, but yeah. then mm-hmm. at the like sort of like, once you know the moon landing happened mm-hmm. and things, mm-hmm. people were looking at space as a far more optimistic kind of place. Yeah. Yeah. But then you sort of see with like the remakes that start happening, like the Invasion of the Body Snatchers remake from like 1978. Mm-hmm it's another really sinister yeah. take on like aliens and then I can't remember the exact year it came out but Carpenter's The Thing is like a tremendously mm-hmm. sinister take and oh, it's my yeah. fa- it's my favorite horror movie of any kind yeah, like definitely. sci-fi, body horror, Top any of that. Life, yeah. It's mm-hmm. just absolutely incredible mm-hmm. and it's weird to see even some of the crossover because like Leonard Nimoy was in the Invasion of the Body Snatchers oh, really? remake yeah, yeah. and he was also in Star, Star Trek, Star Trek yeah. and in Star Trek, he's Spock, and he's this yeah. like hyper-intelligent alien that is an ally of Earth. Mm-hmm. But in, sorry for anyone who hasn't seen The Invasion of the Body Swatchers 1978. It's fantastic. It I is great. It. But he basically gets taken over 
by one of the oh, body snatchers, and you don't realize it at the, mm -hmm. at first, and he becomes this then like sinister background figure, oh. and it's like, oh my god, it's Mr. Spock, but also he's trying to destroy the human race now, yeah. and it's just a very different take on the the even like ten years previous what was yeah. being shown, and ten years previous to that, it was a really much more sinister take too. Yeah, and I think that there's a weird sort of mix now, especially with yeah. things like Arrival, yeah. where mm -hmm. we see them as being sinister when they first come, and then you yeah. sort of slowly realize that they are actually here to help us, to make yeah. a bargain, to sort of you know advance humanity in a certain way, and I think it maybe reflects sort of attitudes towards various different. You know things in politics yeah it's definitely um, yeah. built on fear like you were talking about the cold war and stuff before and then there was a big surge of like sci-fi alien movies yeah. and when there's been wars and everything there's been a lot more like development in horror films and stuff which is really yeah. interesting yeah. because before like any of these alien movies and before um cold war and kind of that time frame mm -hmm. it was like monster movies it was frankenstein yeah. and movies like that and then mm -hmm. there was just a big surge of mm -hmm. alien so it, it was more like mythical and then yeah. it became much more based in like mm -hmm. sort of almost scientific theory and yeah. like or well you know science fiction anyway and i think that it's a really weird transition to see them go from like bella lugosi in the full like Dracula yeah. makeup mm -hmm. to then like invasion of the body snatchers and all of the sort of like UFO films and things that they had in the fifties. Yeah, it's a really interesting sort of transition, but it's one that it is you can't really explain it by just looking at the films. You need to sort of look at history. Yeah, there's more around it. I think science, looking at the science and like how science had advanced, and then comparing it to like aliens and like uh, sci-fi films is so interesting because like Annihilation. An alien film, one of the arguably one of the best alien films in my opinion. But I also love Annihilation. Yeah, like Annihilation is amazing. But you couldn't have had Annihilation in like the seventies because there wasn't that much like science around it. Like um, like they didn't know about like cells and stuff. But you nobody would have thought about it because cells and like science hadn't come to that far where somebody could even think that up. I think that's an interesting one too because like yeah. with. Annihilation and then with Arrival, which came out relatively close together, like within like a couple of years. Yeah, yeah. They're kind of bringing in not just the sort of astrobiology, but other mm. fields too, like just yeah, like yeah. human biology in yeah. Annihilation. And, and linguistics and stuff in, in Arrival. Yeah, mm. and it's just interesting the way that like mm. these things are sort of cross pollinating and all of the mm. different influences are coming together to make something new. And I think that's what's mm. so brilliant about like film in general, I suppose, because you can sort of see all of these different artistic influences from different mediums coming together and um, creating this whole new medium with this whole new approach, which I think yeah. is just so fascinating. Yeah, I think with movies like that, it's people want to understand. Like it was okay, like 50s to 70s, yeah. you're making these big, horrifying mm -hmm. movies filled with fear. But now people are like, why? Like exactly what you were saying, like developments yeah. in science and stuff. I know myself, I want to understand. Yeah. Why is this happening? And then. I think we've kind of reached a cycle, like it's come back around now with films like Nope and like new alien films mm -hmm. where it's just like so far over your head, you're not meant to understand it. It's just, yeah, it is what it is. Um, yeah, I mean, I watched Life last night. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys have seen it. But yeah, I saw it when it came out. Oh, really? Um, I think I, I skipped over my radar completely when it came out, which is so weird because I love sci-fi kind of stuff like that but I think life is such an like an interesting film as to when it came out because 
it's like the evolution of uh, an organism they find on Mars, and um, yeah, it like it sort of like evolves in. so yeah. rapidly that they and it lives in like yeah, um, it's so good. Yeah. Um, it's got Ryan Reynolds in. Okay. And he's actually big, really, really good, good in it. Yeah. Like I Jake Gyllenhaal, Jake Gyllenhaal as well. Right. And then um, Rebecca Ferguson, who I love. They've got some brilliant actors in it. Is it Ferguson? I hope it is. Rebecca Ferguson? Rebecca Ferguson? I know um, she was in the White Queen. Those names. I just know. I'm like, I've seen that actor yeah. somewhere. She was in yeah, the... Rebecca Ferguson. Yeah, okay. I know she was in um, The White Queen, and I love The White Queen as well. I'm a big fan of historical as well, but as um, like a side note. Hiroyuki Sanada as yeah. well, who is a uh, Japanese actor who is not like super world famous or anything, mm. but he just like pops up in things every once in a while and always kills it. Like I think yeah, he popped up so in like an episode of Westworld or something at one stage. <laughs> yeah. yeah, as like a cyborg samurai or something, and he like completely stole the show. Like it's it's actually like a really well cast film because you sort of see. Similar to the way that, like, you know, the original Alien film was quite well cast, um, yeah. even in uh-huh. sort of conceptually, because they killed everyone off in the order of who mm. was the most famous at the time. Oh, really? Yeah, because, um, yeah, yeah. like, Sigourney, that was Sigourney Weaver's first big role. And oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. She wasn't marketed as being the hero. Yeah. Like, everyone was like, oh, John Hurt's in this. And, like, mm. <laughs> showed up, and then they were, they were like, ah, what happened to John Hurt? And then, like, as you go through, you realize that the more established actors are the ones who are being killed off first. Uh-huh. And then by the end, it's the person who's sort of like the every woman character who's mm. left. Because I mean, now we watch it and it's like, oh, Sigourney Weaver's in this script. Yeah, and, like, she's, like, she's awesome. Main character. Yeah, yeah, but then like at the time, she wasn't involved in the marketing. They didn't know anything about it. The marketing was just like a photo of the egg with a crack oh, in it. Yeah. yeah. And the famous slogan of um, when you're in space, no one can hear you scream. And it's just one of those really interesting things of it's it's almost trying to sort of separate you from the stardom of it yeah. and from the fact that it is this sort of like obviously artificial thing because it's mm-hmm. been created and funded by a studio and they're like H.R. Geiger is an amazing but very famous designer who designed everything yeah. and a lot of the actors in it were quite famous at the time and it's sort of almost breaking down the the facade of it all to then yeah. at the end you're left with this actress who at the time when it was released they wouldn't have really known much about and it yeah. makes you sort of feel like oh my god this could be me i could be yeah. trapped with these people who are more qualified and there could be this like hyper designed alien that is just like it's far beyond our our, yeah. our our perceptions mm-hmm. and like I think life is an interesting kind of riff on the yeah. alien concepts because it yeah. is also like a bunch of people trapped in a ship and this um, thing is there. I love those kind of films. Um, yeah. I think oh there's God. a big, like I love Alien. Yeah. I feel like I would love that movie as well. Yeah. But it's weird, like I really appreciate like practical and special effects done well. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like newer movies, it, it just doesn't it feel doesn't the same. It's like a weird nostalgia I have with like older sci-fi mm-hmm. alien movies. That I just, I don't There's feel something like tangible about practical yeah. effects. Like, The Thing is so much more affecting to me mm-hmm. than any other modern horror movie because yeah, it's, yeah. I'm just like watching it and I'm like, I can't believe how they made this stuff. They actually made it. Like, there's the, the famous scene, which I saw on like Reddit or something the other day, <laughs> with the famous scene where he like goes to use the defibrillator and the, oh, the yes, cavern opens up yeah. in the guy's chest. It's, I, 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 even though I've seen the movie a bunch, it's I still like, sc- was like squeamish. Yeah. I was like, oh, that still works. Yeah. Like, with the lip as well like the effects in it are great i don't know i feel like i just don't have the same appreciation for yeah i just haven't maybe seen the right modern alien films but i think the approach is very different yeah Mm. like how did you guys feel about nope 
I know I've talked. I've not seen it. I have not seen it yet. I feel like I'm one of the only people who haven't seen it. I I think I I think I saw it in QFT. I'm pretty sure. I can't remember seeing it, but I remember just like being disappointed. I just wanted more from it, but I think that's because I was comparing it so much. Mm. I think it would have good rewatch value, Mm. but just the whole idea, it it was like the alien was a spectacle, Um. and it was kind of like. 2001 Space Odyssey, where you never see the alien, um, you know, it's just yeah. kind of suggested. In 2001, it's more of like, it's the monolith, isn't it? Yeah. So I don't even yeah, know, yeah. Does, that even, does that even count as an alien film, That's, or does yeah, it? Yeah, I brought something I, else. I've not seen it. I have no idea. I've only watched it recently, I only mm-hmm. watched it last year for the first yeah, time. Yeah, it's a very philosophical kind of film. Yeah. Um, like, it starts out with human evolution being the really core concept like it's 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 the these like sort of um primates and they're fighting each other and they create the first weapon yes and And i was i've seen that bit because you know the barbie film is coming (laughs) out yeah they had oh yeah they did that yeah fantastic (laughs) honestly groundbreaking but they did like they create the first weapon and then throw it in the air after they've murdered like another primate Mm -hmm. this is like primal celebration of violence Mm -hmm. and then it match cuts to a laser satellite above oh, the wow. earth okay. and it's this very interesting sort of like this is the first weapon and this is where society is yeah. now oh, I, um, I mean like oh, it was it's called 2001 and we're in 2023 oh, and none of that has horrible. happened yeah. and it was made in like the 70s i want to say yeah so it was obviously just completely fictionalized but it's this really interesting take and i think so many films featuring um, science fiction concepts but then like life from outside of earth mm-hmm. are really trying to deal with like earthly concepts and very terrestrial concepts but yeah, trying to yeah. sort of frame them in a way where okay there's this force that comes in and it makes you think about these things that I want you to think about yeah. because of the threat it poses. I yeah. feel like They Live does that very well. I love They Live. Definitely. So honestly, it made me, oh, that sounds so like pretentious but it did make me open my eyes a lot more to like marketing and like Mm-hmm. subliminal messages and stuff um, like that that's an alien movie like yeah. when you think of it like that and yeah. the same with 2001 like it that is. there's no physical like yeah alien life it literally is just these concepts and yeah it's kind of the fear as well that we were talking about like it's just okay people are fearing like commercialism yeah. consumerism and all these like philosophical ideas and I think Carpenter's great for doing that because yeah. he does his messages do change as it goes th- mm-hmm. as his sort of filmography yeah like I don't know if you're gonna say improves because like the peak is obviously Big Trouble in Little China the greatest film that's ever been made <laughs> and then uh, the thing just directly underneath it oh um, I I would put it at the top. I, I, um, I sometimes don't put my sarc- sarcasm filter up enough. <laughs> Big Trouble is a very fun movie, but it's very stupid. Oh, it? Oh. And it is... Uh, it's, his filmography is really interesting because you see him working with these like concepts, mm-hmm. but he presents things in such like almost a schlocky kind of way. Like It's all very like over the top but with the practical effects and the like buckets of blood and all of the things like yeah you know, the scene in the thing where the alien like the head falls off and it grows spider legs yeah. and it crawls oh, around looked like, away at that bit yeah, like, yeah. Like, <laughs> like, conceptually that's ridiculous but the execution yeah. of it is so well done yeah. that it's it, it's, yeah. it's almost so ridiculous that it becomes like endearing and you start to believe it yeah. like it's really like I, I think Carpenter is one of the real masters of this kind of cinema yeah and it, all of the stuff is so just like you said yeah just in your face and obvious that you are just sitting back and enjoying what you're seeing on the screen like there's nothing complicated about it 
It is just. It makes you just suspend your disbelief. Yeah. And you're yeah. just like, okay, this is what I'm watching, and you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm along for the ride. Like yeah. this is brilliant. Ninety minutes of just being sucked into it. Yeah. Yeah. You should watch Big Trouble in Little China for no other reason yeah. than it's, it's amazingly stupid. Okay. I have been looking at a lot of, um, because I've been trying to like broaden my film thing, because I just. Like, as I said, sci-fi is mainly where I stick mm -hmm. and I just stay in that hole and I maybe will venture into like an action or like a historical drama, but like I've been trying to broaden because yeah. I just... Because even like going back to like our conversation about how things went from mythical to much more science fiction yeah. based, um, that's his like mythical film because it's mm -hmm. all very okay. like Eastern mysticism oh. and it's a very... Um, it is not an alien film, <laughs> but he's dealing with a different kind of other. Mm -hmm, yeah. That is is quite an interesting take. I think he's he's a brilliant sort of filmmaker for examining external threats to like you know the normal world that we would know. Yeah, yeah. Um, talking of like stupid or silly, like I was thinking when we were discussing the topic of this, like silly alien movies, like the first movie that probably comes to a lot of people's heads when they think of alien movies, like Paul, isn't it? Oh, oh I've yeah, watched Paul. Yeah. I've never seen it, but I was what thinking like, younger? just too young. Parody? I, I feel like it's quite a mature film. Yeah, <laughs> never seen the, it. the um, alien's just like a drunk stoner and he's played by Seth Rogen, who's basically yeah. just playing himself. <laughs> and then yeah. it's, it's one of those things, it was really big with my sort of people my brother's age, who's about four years younger than me. Mm -hmm. So I had yeah. just kind of aged out of that kind of humour and then yeah. he was coming into it and he loved it at the time and I just remember thinking like I don't know if I'm signing off for this because I'm yeah. I was sort of like I mean I like alien films but I'm thinking maybe something a bit more serious yeah, yeah I managed to go and see it when I was way too young to see it because at the cinema where I like was from before I went to uni they just didn't ID you up until about like just before Covid. Like a small time cinema, Yeah. Kind of. Oh no, it's like, I'm not going to name a brand, <laughs> but it was like a big cinema really? okay. and they just didn't ID you. So I just, I used to watch so many films there that I used to just be like, just like oh, yeah, so can I just get a ticket please? And I used to be like, how old are you? And I used to be like, I am 16, but I was like 13. And they were like, okay, go ahead. You got Let's imagine you're yeah. like 12 going to see like yeah. Eyes Wide Shut or something. <laughs> no, I'm so glad like I, cause like, I was into films, but I was not like heavily into films as a kid. I was like into films that I could watch with my parents or into like films that like my dad still has like a DVD player. He's probably one of the last like three people to ever own a DVD player. So he's like, mm. you're watching whatever films my dad had on DVD and stuff like that. But um, there are certain films, Paul, I watched when I was way too young too. Uh, like, oh, I just don't know what the films. It's my kind of film. Yeah. Maybe I'm, I'm I'm more of the Carpenter Kubrick kind of guy than I am like a. Yeah. I don't even know what you yeah. made that film. Yeah, it's, no. Just it's forgettable. Weird. I'll give you that. Yeah. yeah. It's fun. Just because like that's that's the stereotypical alien. Like yeah. That's the only movie I can think of that has just um, what you would consider an alien. Yeah. There is a um, just ridiculous one that's sort of a, a perfect kind of counter to They Live and it's sort of like fear of marketing mm -hmm, yeah. where uh, a studio um, was paid by McDonald's to oh. make a 90 minute McDonald's commercial featuring an alien. Yeah, and it's it is it was I... released as a film and it, it is just oh. E.T. except it's at all the whole things in the for McDonald's. 
like Ronald McDonald shows up at one stage and it is just like the perfect counter to like Carpenter's takedown of modern marketing to of like this yeah. evil corporation paid another evil corporation mm. to make this terrible movie for children God. just to sell them hamburgers and it's like you can do so much with this genre because it's so all-encompassing that you can go with the absolute worst of the worst which is, I don't even know the name of that film and I'm not going to tell anyone if I find yeah. out because don't watch it um, and then you can go to like the like some of the pinnacle of cinema with like mm. the thing and with two thousand and one and some of these amazing amazing films that deal with these like massive concepts in such an interesting way. Yeah. Or you could try and sell diabetes to children yeah. with the same with basic genre. It's an interesting thing to look at with sci-fi too, because like for instance, Arrival that could yeah. be read as a left wing like sort of pro immigration yeah. film if you if you yeah. look at it under mm. a certain light. Because you, uh, there's this other that comes in, and everyone's immediately on the defensive, and you realize they're actually yeah. this super enriching force as the film goes through, and there's lots we can learn from them. Mm -hmm. But then there's the factions of like the super sort of aggressive militaristic people yeah. who want to sort of take them out. Mm -hmm. And I think that the the brilliance of sci-fi, and especially of films dealing with you know possible worlds and yeah. all of the other stuff, just to really plug the event. Yeah, um, no, <laughs> We can sort of see so many different nuances come through, yeah. um, and films sometimes which have like very different readings depending on who watches it. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's something fascinating about the discourse around that, and sort of being able to sit in a room with three people and discuss it, um, yeah. whether you turn the microphone on for it or not. Yeah, yeah. There's just I mean, talking about military stuff, not to mention Marvel, but I'm gonna I, do it. I like Marvel, so I'm here. Yeah, I, I just stopped liking them recently. I start, I watched Multiverse of Badness and then I was like, this... These are alien movies. Enough. Yeah, they are. So the Spider-Man? Alien movies? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm a few years behind on Marvel because I gave up on them after a while. Yeah, I, yeah, I gave up after Multiverse I am there every yeah. release day. I am there. For what? What, what, is, what are they doing now? Um, what, what's coming out? Um, I watched WandaVision. Spider-Man. The, oh, the um, Into the, the Spider-Verse. Yeah, the I love one. Into the, into the Spider-Verse. New it's, one coming out. Oh, yeah, that is, okay, that is one film I will watch. I can't remember um, what else is coming out, but I'll, I'll There's always there. something coming out. Yeah, there's anyway, a four year. Um, I like independent films. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> they have the, um, the famous thing where they team up with the military for their thing. I don't know exactly, I feel like I should know a bit more before I talk about this, but I know. <laughs> uh, they team up with the military a lot of times in their like films and they try to show the military in a very positive light. And yeah. it's like, I don't think in 2023 you need pro-military propaganda. No, I swear that comes hand in hand with sci-fi, like Independence yeah. Day and everything. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. oh, that is such a propaganda film. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, why, why does that have to come along with, I think it's yeah. because Oh, aliens are coming. This is our only yeah. protection. It's like these yeah. people shooting guns will kill this whole yeah. race. Yeah, that film. Because they also made like the terrible Godzilla movie from two thousand three. Oh god. Um, I have no idea. What Godzilla films? Uh, alien films? I've only seen one. I'm sorry, my partner Did loves you them. See seen what's the old one. ones and the new ones? I've only seen one of the newer ones. It was like one in the early twenty tens. I can't even remember. Oh, god. 
They're not my thing, but... Sorry, I, I looked it up. Yeah. It was directed by Roland Emmerich, who has made, in my opinion, one good film. And that film was also American propaganda, but it was more, it was like a historical one and it was more fun for me. He's just that kind of director. Did he direct all the, isn't there a few Independence Days? There's two, I think he directed both. And he also directed, as I said, the worst Godzilla movie, which is just also like, also propaganda, but propaganda against film critics, which is like a really weird kind of thing. Starts to take. That's a different podcast, I think. But yeah, like, I mean, it links back to the other, like you can either see other, I think, not to generalise, but you can see other in a left-wing way of other being curious and being something that can add and enrich a society, or you can see other in a more right-wing way and see it as more of a something you need to like attack and yeah. make sure it doesn't change the status quo and stuff. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think nowadays you can definitely see the writers, producers, editors, directors, mm. whatever, like political thoughts once they make the film mm-hmm. um, and stuff like they live you can very much see they had a vision and they went this is what we're going to make the film about stuff like independence they went this is propaganda go ahead for it um, art has been really politicised I yeah. think over the last well it's, it's been going on for a long time but over the last several decades and you can have some like like subtle takes on it like um, the most recent film I saw in the KFT here was Empire of Light the new Sam Mendes oh, film oh I also saw that film oh, uh, I saw that it. film and I did a TikTok about it yay Lily at KFT we're just plugging all the <laughs> yeah I think we should because maybe want to watch it it is a really good film and it's a very sort of quiet personal drama about um, people who work in a cinema which I insisted on seeing in the cinema because I'm not yeah, kind of a weirdo and it it does have like political background to it, yeah. but it's more so like, hey, remember racism? That's still wrong. And it's like, yeah, yeah completely agree with that message. And then we're gonna go into exploring the characters and who they are and how the sort of situation around them is affecting them as people rather than focusing on the politics. Yeah. Whereas yeah. I think with a lot of these sci-fi movies and alien movies that are not quiet dramas like that, yeah. they are pushing the politics to the forefront. Okay. They are just painting over it with a yeah. very, very light brush to sort of show you that like, okay, well it's still entertainment. Yeah. It'll just be interesting to see where it goes. Like as, as a what, genre, subgenre, yeah. mm-hmm. like with all the recent things happening, like what, um, what's the time period yeah. of waiting before we have like a COVID alien oh, movie or something? they're already making COVID films. I saw a love, story, a love film the other day and they've made, it, they've made a love film and it's like connecting during COVID or something and like people just fall in love over Zoom. Feels too soon. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, no. I don't know. It's yeah. I think that we need a bit of time to decompress yeah. on that. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. Several years of our lives. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, I just think it'll be interesting to see where like sci-fi really. Goes. Yeah, especially we're living in a very political time right now. Yeah. Um, not to make it that, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if we saw either films going further to the, th- these kind of films going further to the left, because yeah. like the most recent examples I can think of with uh, Annihilation yeah. and mm. with uh, Arrival, one can, is definitely a feminist film because yeah. almost all of the characters are female and they're all of the characters who so, have yeah. agency. Yeah. The one central male character has all of his agency stripped away from him um, yeah. as a part of the film, mm-hmm. which, you know, I mean, like, that's happened to women for all of time, ever. So that's, like, not some sort of, like, statement against the film. It's actually a really brilliant concept Mm -hmm. to, like, okay, so if the rules in society were reversed, 
how would we sort of be dealing with things and then Arrival as I said can be read as this very sort of like left-wing pro-immigration film Mm -hmm. and I'm curious if that trend is going to continue or if we're going to start seeing the exact opposite pop up at the same time it's hard to know because like we're talking about like films coming in cycles and like the like resurfacing of certain Um, genres so I I think it's it's crazy how even throughout our lifetime you can see like I feel old. You can say that. But like when I was younger, I was watching like Doctor Who, and that is, I would say, very very left wing. It's very yeah. Yeah, like sometimes it's not even like old Doctor Who was not subtle with how left wing it was. It's amazing to see where yeah. it's. I'm really excited for the new season. I'm very excited. Watch Jodie Whittaker because I don't like Chris Chibnall, but now Chris Chibnall's out, so. Okay. I guess it's interesting, like we were talking about different readings of sort of source material yeah. earlier. It's interesting mm-hmm. to see that a program that can be interpreted as very left wing yeah. has got like a sort of core of a right wing audience yeah. who maybe just like it for the nostalgia of seeing it when they were a kid mm-hmm. or something and then not realizing that it had a political message that they might mm-hmm. not agree with. Yeah. Or that it's going to change or evolve. Yeah. Like it's stuff. like when James Bond, everybody like, I don't know, the people who watch Doctor Who and the people who watch James Bond probably aren't the same people exactly but like when they were gonna get rid of Daniel Craig as James Bond, James Bond and replace him I think they were they replaced him with a woman right I don't know I don't I've honestly no idea no, like, I think they Hopefully. did there was like a different <laughs> like, character yeah. who was like they oh she's gonna off. be the new 007 yeah. but he okay, was okay. still in the film mm-hmm. it yeah. was just like okay well I remember there being yeah. massive backlash for that yeah but you know yeah. It's not like it was. She's yeah. playing James Bond. It's a different character. Yeah. yeah. I think that sometimes um, people are a little bit intentionally obtuse with these things, and yeah. they are just making objections for the sake of making yeah. objections. But filmmakers can do that too. Like we've seen with a lot of the films mm-hmm. we talked about, like the sort of right wing bias of them, and it's yeah. like, I, you know what you're doing here. Yeah. Yeah. Like how when you team, taking it back to Marvel, like when you team up with the military, and the military have some control over what you make how can you not see that will make your film a bit more right wing yeah a bit more pro-military i don't know if right wing is even the right word i'm using very reductionist terms but but they will be limited in what they can yeah like you can't show how perhaps bad the military is if they're funding you Mm. which um, some independent new sci-fis would be fantastic yeah coming in yeah I would like to also see, because I think a lot of the time that um, films are sort of tied to the ideas of the studio that makes them. Mm-hmm. For instance, Disney owns um, everything. And it, Disney probably owns half of my family at this point. Yeah. It really is just, it's, it's all encompassing. <laughs> yeah. and it's kind of terrifying because it, it's almost yeah. a monopoly. It's not quite, but it, it's oh, getting to the stage. Yeah. Like it, yeah. But like, you know, Disney has these um, rules and regulations for all of their yeah, they do. products and filmmakers. Depend, I think they change depending on the brand you're presenting it mm-hmm. under because you know it's like even then Banshee's of Sharon, which is a really weird independent kind of messed up film mm-hmm. is on Disney Plus now. I was very surprised to see it yeah. on Disney. Yeah, yeah. so they just they are willing to own things that are a little bit different but they want everything that they make that's mm-hmm. associated with their brand to be representative of their brand which was mm-hmm. founded by Walt Disney who um, I don't know if you know much about him. He's he had some bad opinions. Yeah, bad guy. Yeah. yeah, his opinions were not great, and I don't want to get into them because yeah. they are very weird and racist and offensive. But yeah. you know, it's the fact that his name is still on this company that makes um, 
you know, yeah. products for kids, and he's seen as this sort of like legacy figure. Mm-hmm. It's like so many of the kids that watch these films now, he probably won't, wouldn't have wanted to see them because he had yeah. biases against them. Yeah. Like I was surprised when um, Disney released Prey. If you've yeah, seen it, I've not seen it. So yeah. okay, since we're talking about alien films, yeah, that's a really good alien film, and I really like. I it's the best Predator movie since Predator. I, I didn't think. like Predator, but I loved Prey. I like Predator because it's, it's it's Predator. It's yeah. Fun. I. Didn't. I watched uh, Predator. I watched Alien vs Predator, and that was the first time I'd ever watched Predator. And I was like, no, prefer Alien. Never gonna watch Predator. Yeah, the first Predator movie is a much more. Um, it, it's a very sort of um, down the line. It's like a thriller with an alien in it, uh, and it's, it was written by Shane Black, who's a fantastic writer and filmmaker, who made The Nice Guys and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, and who's made some really fantastic sort of crime dramas. But that was in his sort of um, era of writing. Uh, Lethal Weapon and Predator when he was like, okay, I'm making films to sell the scripts rather than to make a piece of art that I want to direct myself. But it is fascinating in the way that the threat is so faceless. Like it really is just, it's this perfect Predator. It has no objective at all other than to kill. So I think that you could could put any, take any political uh, opinion across the spectrum and you could probably implant it onto the original Predator movie and it would still work because it's such a blank threat yeah. and it works yeah. for that reason. Mm-hmm. Like it is maybe, it's maybe a bit too pro-military. I think that's um, what I thought when I saw it and I was yeah. just saying like obviously like released in 87 so it's not going to be that progressive but like yeah. it was just a bunch of white men, it felt very pro-military and then yeah. Prey was just like complete, yeah. complete opposite. And they did have, the, they still have the trope of the one African-American character who has to die Yeah, and it's just like, I think though that you could really look at that film and then look at Prey, which is a mm-hmm. far, far more accepting film, and mm-hmm. they intentionally cast everybody in the film from the minority group they were trying to represent. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is just such an interesting new take on a film that is is still tied to that studio because it was yeah. released on Disney Plus, but yeah. they're actually now finally going to an effort to maybe get away from a bit of the per. Because I mean, if you know anything about the history of Disney, their representation of minorities has been very, very yeah. poor. Yeah. And I thought that it was a, a like a really well executed sci-fi thriller, mm-hmm. and I thought that the casting, in particular, the work of the core central actors really elevated the film from being something I think even maybe a little bit better than the original Predator in terms of being, you know, viewable. Yeah, no, I honestly thought it was, it was great. I really recommend watching it. Um, So, do you guys want to kind of go through your event again? So like, date, time and stuff, just for... Um, Well, it's the 25th of February, 6pm, tickets are still out. Um, you can just go to QFT, what's on, and then go to the 25th of February and it'll be there. Um, we're going to have a speaker, Dr. Francis, Professor Francis Keenan. I did that <laughs> Professor Francis Keenan. Yeah, I have it here. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Professor Francis Keenan talk about aliens in film, kind of like what we're doing, but a lot more like academic. It's only, it's not like majorly academic and like inaccessible. Um, and then we're gonna have W5 come in and do some cool, have some cool space props. 
Um, they, they're, yeah. they're organizing something that is actually I, it's not something that they currently have running in W5 it's going to be sort of exclusive to our That's event because right. it's it, they've taken from sort of different things that they had available mm-hmm. so they're going to be coming in and that is going to be available for people I believe on the way in and yeah. uh, then you're going to be able to go in see the first ever sci-fi film which for me as a big you have the talk first and the second film Oh, talk first, yeah, then. Talk, Sci-fi yeah. film. Yeah. There's so much going on. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, see, this oh, is the organization. So planning, yeah. I love it. I'm very, um, very excited. And then, I cannot wait. Yeah, and then we're seeing A Trip to the Moon, and then we're seeing Arrival, and then you can get merchandise uh, before or after the film. You can just, we've got stickers, we've got little postcards, and you can just pick some up and yeah. remember this event that we ran. Um, I think as well, it's going to be a great yeah. event both for like sci-fi nerds who really yeah. want to see something like historical and something modern. Yeah. But then if you've never watched a sci-fi film, mm-hmm. you can come into it and you can get a rundown of the concepts that sort of overarch. Yeah. Yeah. Then you can see the first ever one and then you can see a super modern example mm-hmm. to give you like the best taster into a genre yeah. that I think that you're going to really get. Um, because it, it is so sort of like vast. And yeah. confusing and all-encompassing as a genre that I think having the sort of like cliff notes that we're providing yeah, can really help someone sort of make a journey through it. Yeah, like yeah. it really is for everyone. I feel yeah. like anybody could come to it and get something out of it. Designed it to be accessible to because astrobiology is such a niche concept. And it's overwhelming. Niche, like, yeah, well. like nobody wants to sit down and like re- listen to like a lecture on it on nobody and you know people don't really know where to start when it comes to like what do you do with an alien film like. We did an entire podcast about different kinds. Where do you start? Yeah. So what even is an alien film? Yeah. We don't even, do we even we know. We haven't even decided. Quite a bit of time that. <laughs> um, and yeah, we've just kind of gone. Here we are. Yeah. Here is your basic introduction to astrobiology. Go. Yeah, I think it's a yeah. really um, unlike the Disney Corporation. This is for everyone. Yeah. yeah. So please do come along, uh, whoever you are, uh, just so you enjoy the evening, and. I think that it is going to be a really enhancing experience for everyone involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank um, you so much, guys. Yeah, I'm very excited.